What storylines are we watching for the Aggies week one matchup against the Sam Houston State Bearcats on this episode of the Locked On Aggies podcast? You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Joey Ikes, and I'm joined today once again by my good friend, Cameron Honesty. Cameron, how's it going today? Are you excited about week one? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to get the season off, uh, get get it started. You know, we've been waiting a while. We've been, especially, you know, Aggies Wire and everything, just writing about Every you know, the roster and just the depth charts and and basically we, you know, started to touch on the schedule and kind of the daunting middle, but the beginning is it's gonna be fun and and uh you know, getting Sam Houston State at Kyle Field Saturday morning is it's gonna be raucous, it's gonna be awesome and I'm excited. Absolutely, absolutely. So what we're gonna do today is we're gonna go through five storylines and, and you can go check out this article at aggieswire.usatoday.com that Cameron put together. We're going to go through five storylines to watch in this Texas A&M season opener against Sam Houston State. And the first one, we've talked about it so many times here. We've talked about it in writing. It's been the biggest storyline surrounding the Aggies for, you know, eight months now, nine months now, um, who the quarterback was going to be. And then this past weekend, we finally received the announcement. It's Haynes King. And so Haynes King everybody knows the story by now. He's named the starting quarterback for 2021, plays week one against Kent State, has what you would expect a young redshirt freshman starting quarterback starting his first game type of game. Um, 292 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions, a 53-yard bomb for his long pass, a couple of nice scrambles. What does he? Then he breaks his leg in the second, very, very early in the second game of the year. And then he comes back and wins this quarterback competition. What does he look like now as a, you know, as a one year older player? What does he look like? How does he handle this opener? Yeah, I mean, what we've heard from camp and, you know, everything we've heard from kind of the guys on site all the time that have been at the fall practices. And, and of course, the close scrimmages we didn't hear a bunch about. You know, they were closing. Jimbo's known for doing that. But when, when information started coming out, you know, you and I both were kind of in the area of, you know, I think Max and we thought Max and Haynes were kind of tied at the quarterback spot for who would become the starter. And it wasn't, it wasn't a big surprise for me when he came out uh, as the starter and, you know, it was, you know, Billy Lucci of Texas told us, you know, <laughs> on Saturday afternoon and that kind of caught me by surprise. But uh, as I started to write about it and, and started to think about it, I went, you know what, this makes total sense because he's been kind of on his redemption tour starting from when he broke his leg in week two last year against Colorado. He knew that this was going to be a hard road ahead, that he was going to have to watch Zach Calzada take his spot and, you know, have, have some success. Obviously beating Alabama was huge. It's legendary. Calzada will never have to buy a drink again in college station <laughs> ever again. And, um, you know, he, but he saw the road ahead was, was going to be hard, but he knew I'm going to come in no matter who is coming against me. Uh, for the for the, for the quarterback spot. And obviously when Max Johnson came from LSU transferred, 
a lot of people, you know, you and I as well thought, okay, well, we, we have no idea now because that's a competent passer. It's a competent quarterback going against Haynes who doesn't have a lot of playing experience. But again, you go back to, he, he's a favorite of Jimbo Fisher's and that's not favoritism. That's more of it's, it's his skill set and it's his, it's his knowledge. It's his instincts. It's his versatility and it's his true dual threat ability. And I don't think a lot, I think a lot of Aggies know this, but it, for those who don't, this is one of the fastest players in college football. He's one of the, I think he's the fastest player, maybe tied with Devin Chain on the team. And, and we saw a little of that of that in the spring game, but that added weaponry and that versatility. And, and we have heard that, I think it was Anaya Smith who uh, said it in one of the quotes um, on Monday's presser that he's gotten better in his throw power. He's gotten better with his accuracy and where he's really dangerous. And I think his where his skill set lies is on the run. And, and I, I don't think we got to see a lot of that. We only saw one game with with him as a starter, a, a game in a quarter, not even a quarter. I think it's yeah. like four minutes into the Colorado game. But this kid has it. And if he puts it all together this season, we're talking about one of the better quarterbacks in the nation. And I know that because I, I've watched his high school tape over and over and over. And this kid is determined. He's, he's not only talented, but his determination and his and just his, his mind, how intelligent this kid is. And he's a gamer. And he's the son of a coach, coached by his dad at Longview. So I have, I have so much confidence in him. And for those who are a little bit on the edge because of what they saw in the Kent State game last year with the three picks – that was his first game, but he showed a lot of good things too. And I, and he's matured, he's gotten better, and he's going against a good Sam Houston State team that, you know, they're not going to take it easy on him defensively. But I think I think you're in for a show. I think we're all in for a show. I'm very, very excited. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the way that I've sort of described it is that as soon as Max Johnson transferred in to A&M, the floor of quarterback play was set for A&M. Like yeah. the – if – Max Johnson is your starter. Um, you're going to have, uh, the way you said it was perfect, a competent passer, a competent quarterback who, you know, son of an NFL player, amazing bloodlines, you know, brothers of, of true freshman tight end recruit, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you're going to have competent quarterback play, which is sort of the baseline ask of what you're looking for. Um, sure. And then from that point, it was, can Haynes show enough of a floor that his ceiling that's above that, that's way above where Max's is, that, that his ceiling is enough to make up for maybe there being a little bit lower floor. And so, so I think, and I've talked about it here over the course of the last few days since the decision came down, um, Jimbo talked a bunch about consistency and the fact that he was going to look for somebody who protected the ball and played with consistency um, and threw the ball well on a day-to-day basis. And so for him to pick Haynes as his starter over a guy like Max means that the level of consistency that Haynes had to show from bowl practice last year whenever he came back and was you know would have had a chance to play last year in the bowl game if, if they would have played it, to spring ball, to the spring game, to fall practice, and now as we, as we roll into game prep for this week uh, – that level of consistency had to be very, very high. And that should be a, a pretty significant level of confidence. This, this wasn't, you know, if it was Haynes against Connor Wegman as the only two guys in this quarterback battle, you're wondering a little bit about what the floor is because yeah. both of those guys have super high end 
really special range of outcomes on the top side, but there's also a, a range of outcomes for those guys that without the control of Max Johnson being in the room, you don't necessarily know what that bottom end looks like. And there's a chance yeah. that it's that it's below what is acceptable in the SEC. And we've seen that, you know, we look back to the year, you know, when Kyle Allen and Kyler Murray were both true freshmen and both yeah. at A&M, and they both had these huge ceilings, but there was almost no floor to the room. Exactly. And so they went, Kyle Allen started the season and, you know, sort of, sort of started okay and then got a little shaky and they put Kyler in and it was real obvious that as a true freshman that at at his size and stature and all that kind of stuff that the game was a little too big and fast for him right that moment uh obviously he grew into it but um, yeah (laughs) but but at that moment there was just no floor in the quarterback room and that's something really valuable that Max provided here and that's something that fans and analysts and all of us can sort of keep an eye on and understand that 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 floor was there and that for Haynes to win the job over that floor means that that the upside here is just massive for this team. Oh, yeah. And that and so um, that's sort of – and you want to sort of start to see against Sam Houston State, and this is going to be a good football team, and we'll talk mm-hmm. about that a little later in the show. This mm-hmm. is a good football team. And if he comes out and shows that special quality that we're talking about that we're looking for – uh, this has a chance to be an unbelievable season for the Aggies and for you know for everybody who's associated with the program for sure. Oh yeah, per- yeah, and I'm perfectly said because I that was kind of my last point is that when you when we're talking about Max Johnson, for those who wanted him to be the starter, just remember it, it, if anything happens and we're not you know, knock on wood, I I hope no injuries happen this year, but you have the most competent quarterback room in America in my opinion, rivaling Alabama. Maybe that's it because because that's your backup. Your backup last year was a walk on, essentially. That's it. That was the quarterback room. That's why Calzada, you know, as tough as, as tough as he was, we always thought he was season ending injuries every time with his shoulder and his knee. But he had to go back out there because they just didn't have any other options. So either way, going into this, you should feel. I mean. I feel so good about this completely. Absolutely. Look, yeah. j- just a little perspective. Zach Calzada transfers out of AM and is the third string quarterback yes. at Auburn this year. Um, and the guy who transferred in and is now the backup was the starter at LSU last exactly. year and put up perfectly competent yes. passing numbers in a relatively, you know, less than ideal situation. Yes. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about Sam Houston and some of the stuff they have going on. But first, we're going to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts for all of this year's opening games. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Uh, head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, so the next storyline that we're going to cover is, you know, one of the things about Sam Houston State is that in terms of the the FCS schools, the football championship subdivision schools, they are one of the premier programs in the country. Yep. Na- national champions in 2020, national quarterfinalists in 2021 
uh, one of the premier programs, and they're located in the state of Texas, uh, they wind up with a lot of transfers. This year, one of the guys who transferred in to Sam Houston State is going to actually be their quarterback, and that's Jordan Yates, who transferred from Georgia Tech, who was this, the, the quarterback at Georgia Tech last year. Uh, and just for some stats so we can sort of uh, give ourselves a baseline of, of some expectations, this is from Sports Reference. Um, he completed 91 of 153 passes in seven games last year. Uh, it's just about 60%. For 908 yards, uh, six touchdowns, and three interceptions. So, again, seven games, six touchdowns, three interceptions. We're also talking about Georgia Tech and the transition that team is making from what they had been as a program in terms of, you know, really the only true triple option team that wasn't wasn't a military academy into, you know, trying to play – we're going to call it more traditional college football, but that's, you know, to say what – yeah. college football now is is traditional more uh more typical or or you know straightforward college football yeah. than, than what the triple option was uh, so again and then he also rushed for 82 yards on 62 attempts and another two touchdowns there so accounted for eight touchdowns um through three interceptions um a talented player to say the least and again this is in seven games a talented player who came from a less than ideal situation transfers to Sam Houston state. Talk about what this Aggies defense um, needs to do and the way we need to see them play against Jordan Yates. Yeah. So it's going to, it's going to come down to the first two levels of the defense of the defensive line and, and uh, basically a combination because really at the linebacker position, you've got Andre White Jr. Edgerton Cooper, and then what we believe he, is he's going to play most of the season is obviously Antonio Johnson, our all-star player at the nickelback position. And those guys are going to clean, clean up a lot of the outside running lanes, but it's getting pressure. It's closing the pocket on this guy immediately intimidating him from the start. And a lot of that, the, the most interesting part is how are they going to rotate this defensive line in? Cause I think we kind of know what the, what the baseline starting defensive line looks like with McKinley Jackson knows we're thinking of Shamar Turner going into sophomore season at the three tech. And then your kind of edge defenders in Fadil Diggs and uh, Adelia Tumusha. Uh, I think. Tumusha, yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, it's going to be perfect by you know, week two. Oh, but, yeah, um, but yeah, we, the, these are all some of, the, some of the best pass rushers, run stoppers there are. And, and there's a lot of experience, even though, you know, I didn't say a lot of seniors there. But these guys know what they're doing. And, but really, I'm not too worried about the starters. I want to see guys like Walter Nolan, Shamar Stewart. Um, I'm thinking uh, uh, Anthony Lucas off the edge. We saw a lot of him in spring. Uh, this, is a, this is a bully on the edge. This is a big man with flexibility and high sack rate. I mean, I'm very excited to see if we, they deploy him pretty quickly. But, yeah, to answer your question, it, it starts with the defensive line. I think a lot of people and a lot of fans, and especially me, are going to be looking at the line more than any 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 other level of the defense. I'm excited to see Antonio Johnson. I think I know what the linebackers are going to do. I know how talented they are, and I think Cooper's going to take the next step in his development this season. But, you know, I'm not too worried about the back end, and uh, I, I don't know if Yates is going to be passing the ball a lot on Saturday, um, I, I think they're going to start trying to run the ball and establish the run pretty, pretty quickly out of the gate. 
but I'm not too worried about the defensive backs right now yeah. against them. I think the seniority there with Damani Richardson, Jalen Jones, Miles Jones, um, yeah, the, it's really the defensive line. Get pressure on him immediately and control the game uh, from there. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, we're talking about what they do, you know, to handle the quarterback, but, you know, what we're really talking about overall is, you know, how does A&M handle Sam Houston State when Sam Houston State has the ball? Because that's what yeah. we're really talking about when you talk about the quarterback. Yeah. And, and in any of these situations, if A&M wants to be the team that we believe the Aggies are capable of being in 2022, they should absolutely own the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, like you, know, you talk about Jordan Yates transfers in and he's, you know, a high level ultra division one, you know, ACC level recruit, you know, they bring in a, a former five-star safety, BJ Foster from Texas. They bring Avante Woodard in as well. Uh, he's the, you know, wide receiver. Yeah. They're going to be able to bring in some of these transfers, especially at some of these, the skill positions who may not get quite the opportunity that they need to get, but there's a shortage of offensive line talent at the FBS level. And, you know, <laughs> even at like the SEC and big 12, like the big, big, big SE or um, FC, FBS level, much less down at the FCS level. Yeah. And so the, you're not going to see nearly as many transfers down of these high level recruits from you know, from the University of Texas or Georgia Tech or somewhere like that yeah. down to Sam Houston State, unless there's some sort of an issue, you know, yeah. on campus. And even then, those kinds of guys are going to get attention and get offers from other schools at that level just because of the desperation that there is to fill offensive lines at, the, at this level. So you have to own the line of scrimmage. If you think, if you think this defensive line is – a national championship level defensive line, they've got to own the line of scrimmage and yeah. they've got to, they've got to turn this Sam Houston offense one dimensional very quickly. Yeah. Just because Isaiah Rakes and McKinley Jackson are just absolutely eating up dudes on the yeah. interior of the defensive line. And there's just nowhere to go. And if that happens, that's a really great sign for AM. If it doesn't happen, um, it starts to get a little concerning of, yeah, if we're not dominating the line of scrimmage against Sam Houston State and the guys that those guys are the people that those guys are playing up front on the offensive line, what does it look like whenever we turn around and we're playing against, you know, Alabama or, you know, Arkansas and the yeah. and the the guys that the dudes that play for those offensive lines? And so especially with the recruiting class that came in on the defensive front, what they have coming back and what you expect this defensive line and this front seven to be really um, they should shut down this running game relatively quickly, even including the fact that you're playing 11 on 11 because of what Yates can do as a runner. Um, They've got to shut that down relatively quickly and make Sam Houston one dimensional. And if they do that, the pass rush is just going to feed should just feast again on on the, the, the offensive line that Sam Houston state has it should make Yates very uncomfortable in the pocket as a passer. Yeah. Um, but the thing that we don't like, we talked a little bit about, you know, BJ Foster, the five-star safety transfer, Alvante Woodard, the wide four-star wide receiver transfer from the university of Texas. You know, they brought in nine <laughs> FBS level players from the yeah. transfer portal this year. Uh, again, 
this is a good football team. It's a team that um, they are going to win a ton of football games this mm-hmm. year, and they're going to make another deep playoff run in the FCS playoffs. Um, talk a little bit more about just the challenge overall that Sam Houston brings to AM. Yeah, and like like you said, it's it's going to be one of those games where I I, I do compare it to last year's opener against Kent State and Kent State. It was a very coached by a, a, a high high end coach. Like I can't remember his name. It's one of the young up and coming guys. They came into to College Station, and that game was relatively close in the in the beginning stages. And I think it kind of goes back to your point of how you know AM has kind of come into the season uh, for the last two seasons, kind of you know, not lackadaisical, but they've had to wake up later within the openers and and really start to show their dominance. So really to answer your question, like you said, Sam Houston State is bringing, uh, I would say, a elite player now at the FCS level, maybe not elite at the FBS level in B.J. Foster, and a very, very competent wide receiver. These are guys who played at the University of Texas, which is a Big 12 team, Off, I mean, especially wide receiver, you know, high-end octane offense. So they – you're right. If if AM doesn't get off to a very fast start of obliterating them at the line of scrimmage and establishing dominance and basically saying you're you're on our you're in on our turf, you're in our house, you're not doing anything today. If they don't do that, then I'm I wouldn't be surprised if Yates kind of gets hot and makes some completions and runs around and and catch and picks up some positive yards here and there. And that's just something that they they need to avoid because that doesn't send the message that they need to send because we all know we've been writing about it eight and four program uh, eight you know eight and four this season they can't come out of the gates you know slow and and you know just thinking about next week or thinking about miami or thinking about uh when the sec uh schedule starts they need to come out and understand that this team is going to probably score some points but if you want to show how good you actually are and live up to that sixth and seventh ranking in the AP and the USA Today poll, you need to show, I mean, you need to bully these guys. And you need to bully them from the start, right when this, right when Jordan Yates gets the first snap. And that, I mean, so I don't, I don't mean to be like, you know, the raw, raw coach, but <laughs> that's, that's really what they need to do. And I, I, look, I think they can. It's just they haven't given me a lot of hope that they're going to come out, you know, fiery and and just ready to, to just hit somebody right away it just they do it just has come out a little later like in the third quarter and then four and then they dominate the rest of the game and the score is attractive i think they beat uh kent state 41 to 10 last year but i do look back to like you know in the COVID year against vanderbilt you know <laughs> they beat them 17 to 12 and that was when yeah. that was a nine and one season that was one of the best yeah. seasons we've had and still you left that game going uh what? <laughs> it's yeah. Vanderbilt. So yeah, yeah. It's it's going to be interesting, but but again, I, and I, I think Jimbo Fisher is going to have these guys ready. I, I think he's telling them every day during practice this week. This is not a team that you want to ignore or just look past. So absolutely, absolutely. So uh, the thing that gives me you know hope that we're not going to see sort of that same. You know, lackadaisical start is, you know, something Anaya Smith said the other day that that brought me a, a lot of joy is we have to treat every game as if it's the national championship yeah. game. And, you know, 
you could talk about teams that um, are able to get up for big games against big opponents, um, but can't, you know, don't bring the same level of intensity or the same level of focus. And it's not on Saturdays, you know, on Saturday, you're there, right? You're, you're going to play hard, all that kind of stuff, but it's the, you know, it's, Wednesday night when you're studying exactly. tape after you've you know finished all your classes and practice and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. it's do you do you take that do you give that extra then and so yeah. the fact that Anaya Smith came out and he's you know one of the leaders of this team uh one of the most expen- experienced players uh, and most productive players on the current roster comes out and says yeah we've got to treat every game like this is the national championship game that to me says that they are prepared for um, for the consistency that it's going to require in order for them to make this run. And luckily, you know, some of these guys, Anais being one of them were around for that team that did go nine and one for that yeah. team that did, you know, run through, wind up just outside the college football playoff. And they remember what that felt like mm-hmm. to come up just short and then they know the talent level that's on this team and, and they're ready to, to take and go go run off to the next thing. So I agree with you. I think that we will likely see this AM both on offense and defense come out and show dominance on the line of scrimmage on both sides yeah. of the ball. And that in doing that, it's gonna allow them to, you know, it's gonna facilitate, you know, the running game, it's gonna facilitate Haynes to be able to move the ball down the field efficiently, um, to not make mistakes because hopefully, you know, he's not under under duress, he's not under mm-hmm. pressure, anything like that, and we'll be able to to get into the game, get a good feel for what the offensive and defensive lines are going to be, um, and, and just essentially get through this game, hopefully, you know, no injuries or anything like that, and be able to, to move forward and continue to look at the rest of the schedule. Exactly. Yep. All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us tonight, today. Um, This is, like I said, the Locked On Aggies podcast. I'm your host, Joey Ikes. You can find me on Twitter, at Joey Ikes. You can find Cameron on Twitter, at Cameron Honesty. Uh, That's C-A-M-E-R-O-N-O-H-N-Y-S-T-Y. And and you can read both of our writing at aggieswire.usatoday.com. You can follow the show at Locked On Aggies on Twitter. Check us out on YouTube as well, Locked On Aggies there. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Hit the little notification bell so you so you know when we post a new video. Um, also, find us on your podcast platform of choice. We're always available there. Rate and review us. Give us a five-star review. We're trying to grow this channel um, and give you guys the best possible coverage that you can get uh, for the 2022 football season and beyond. And... Um, getting ready for week one. It's going to be a really great week. Thanks so much, guys. Gig them.